Dear Paula, I am writing this because I am not comfortable being here right now. I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place and I just want to watch Star Wars with love. No, no. It's too early to say love, you stupid boy. I mean, man. Regards, Gus. This is Mouthful, and I'm Yvonne Laddie. Every week, I will be having a complicated conversation with a young person about the things that matter to them, things they have written about and shared on stages across the city. And then we will go out into the community and talk to teens, adults, experts, anyone who can broaden the conversation. So let's talk about masculinity, machismo, bravado, about locker room talk, boys who brag about hitting it, tapping it. You know what I'm talking about. For me, a mother of two teenage girls, this is literally the stuff of nightmares. And the big excuse is, boys will be boys, that it's just their way to be popular, to fit in, to be cool. But what is missing from the popular narrative about manhood is that some boys and young men have an inner voice that says, maybe I'm not ready. Maybe I'm not sure. I'm nervous. I'm scared that sometimes things are not always what they seem when it comes to boys and girls. And I've noticed that like a lot of how people are portrayed in movies is very like black and white uh, based on these stereotypes. Females are like strictly portrayed as like either sex objects or non-sexual objects while uh, men are portrayed as like mostly like uh, sex hungry animals in some ways. That's Alex Papatoulis. He's a senior at the Arts Academy at Benjamin Rush in Philadelphia and a 17-year-old boy. He was inspired to write his monologue, Misunderstanding, Didn't Understand, because of stereotypes and the pressure on boys to be players. One, one of the conversations I probably hear the most in the environment and also in school is like, oh, like when people get in a relationship, they're like, oh, did you have sex with her yet? And oh, did you, you know, like do anything yet, right? But... Uh, I feel like the the pressure is very strong for someone as soon as they get in the relationship to try to move things forward, you know, as fast as they can, um, because a, a lot of guys like will try to be like, oh, hey, yeah, she's hot, tap that or whatever. But um, I definitely feel like the pressure is there, especially from like an early age. Uh, if you have a girlfriend, then you, you kind of feel that pressure. Let's listen to Alex's monologue, Misunderstanding, Didn't Understand, performed by hip-hop theater pioneer and deaf poetry jam performer, Delac Braithwaite. <laughs> All right, baby. <laughs> you go do that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What do I do? Make yourself at home while I slip into something more comfy? I've been on five dates with this girl, and we're already at this level? Oh, God, this is a disaster. Okay, just relax, Gus. You don't know that she meant that for sure. I mean, a lot of people say get comfortable when you enter their house for the first time. I mean, Sukasa asked Mikasa, right? 
She's probably slipping in the sweatpants right now. Whoa. Is this what I think it is? Oh my God, it is. One of the limited edition Guitar Hero Amp toys. Man, this is the coolest. I remember when I had one of these when I was a kid. I would always pretend I was Eddie Van Halen. Although Eddie didn't play Smoke on the Water. Uh, Whatever. And I would put on concerts for my parents. Then they would tell me how great I did. And then we would sit together and watch some movies together. Ah, those were the good old days. Man, I'm probably overreacting. (laughs) I'm making a big deal over being in the house of some super hot girl who I've been with for a while and have been making out with and who probably wants to see me Nick. Oh, God. What if she does want to, to, to do me? I'm not ready to have sex yet. I mean, what if I'm not good enough? She's told me stories of how she used to be the popular girl in school. I mean, she's probably had sex with all the guys. Well, not all of the guys, but I mean, she's just more experienced than I am. She could tell all her friends about how bad I am. Then I would become the laughing stock of the world. I mean, I'm not quite packing down there. Not like those guys in the videos. I'm, and I don't know how to do anything. I never even thought this moment would come. Oh, there was only someone with all the answers. Oh, our Lord and Savior, please, 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 please give me some insight on how to get out of this situation. I mean, I've never had sex before. I know. Unbelievable, right? You're probably thinking, how could a smoking hot stud like yourself be a virgin still? Well, to be honest, I haven't always been this smoking hot stud. In high school, I used to be a complete loser. What with being part of the chess team, the theater department, the glee club, the mathletes, and the National Honor Society, the bullies had more than enough to bully me about. It was between, I'm going to divide you in a two, and I'm going to make you like the kid in the wheelchair on Glee, and uh, I'm going to beat you up, but dramatically. The bullies weren't really that clever. And on top of all of that, I was a virgin, so I wasn't quite the stud you see before you. As for smoking hot... I wasn't really a great looker either, and the girls didn't pay much attention to me. That was mostly because I had acne and glasses, and I was roughly 5'4 then. But thanks to contacts, proactive, and a few days in the stretcher, I'm now every girl's dream. So why wouldn't she want to have sex with me? I'm a great guy, and any girl would be lucky to see my penis. I mean, well, it's a penis. Not much special about it. Whatever. I'm going to have sex with this girl. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Wow. She's taking quite some time. I wonder what she's doing. Ooh, ooh, jeez. That smells bad. Maybe I should put the clothes back on. That way she won't have to smell those chemical weapons. 
Good thing I thought of that now or else I would have completely grossed out the girl that I'm dating. Although she might want to do stuff regardless of how I smell. And then again, she might not. Oh God, what am I doing? I don't want to be here. I would much rather enjoy being at home watching Star Wars or, okay, maybe if I just write her a note, then I'll be able to run out and get home in time to watch episodes four and five before I get tired. Okay. Dear Paula, I am writing this because I am not comfortable being here right now. I feel like I'm between a rock and a hard place. And I just want to watch Star Wars with love. No, no. It's too early to say love, you stupid boy. I mean, man. Regards, Gus. P.S. I took your Guitar Hero amp. And if you ever want to see it again, then you must pay. Oh. (laughs) Uh, Hi, Paula. Nice. Um, sweatpants. Oh, uh, I was just, uh, it was getting a little bit hot in here. (laughs) Alex joined us in the very busy Philadelphia Young Playwrights office to talk about his work. Where did you get the idea? Um, I I had been thinking a lot because... I have a lot of friends who are both girls and also older than me. And so um, this kind of topic, and also in movies, just pops up a lot, where the girl is kind of being pressured into doing stuff that she doesn't want to do in a relationship. Like, you know, like sexual things, but also like emotional things as well. And I was kind of thinking, like, what if the tables had turned? Because you don't often see that. Like, what if the guy was being pressured into doing things that he didn't want to do? And that... It, it both took a comedic approach and it also kind of looked at it through a little bit more of a serious lens. When Alex first walked into the room, I had no idea from looking at him how old he was. He's tall and has a full beard. His appearance is very masculine, but his sense of himself is something very far from the stereotype. I don't really consider myself to be like, you know, a man's man or a masculine guy in any way, you know, um, because I, I do a lot of things that people wouldn't consider masculine in any way. Like um, in high school or middle school, I would always do theater like around my community. And a lot of people would be like, oh, why are you doing theater? That's for women. And I'd go, well, you know, I I really like doing it. So I was never really the textbook masculine guy. So um, I, I guess my masculinity comes more from like, you know, my belief that I can do whatever I want and still be masculine in a sense you know it's it's not about what they think of you it's more like what you think of you really we live in a time when our president has bragged about grabbing women and their private parts something he calls locker room talk it's not what many girls and women want to hear it's uncomfortable it makes us feel vulnerable and uneasy it literally gave me flashbacks to my life of non-stop catcalls and harassment as a teen and young woman in New York City. Alex didn't like it either. He wrote this monologue at 16, and he knows the pressure on boys is complicated. I think that a locker room talk is kind of like not a great judgment of character in a sense, because when you're around guys, you're, I, I feel like there's a lot more pressure to say these things too. 
and I'm not dismissing what he said in any way. It was terrible. But um, when you're around other guys, uh, you're definitely pressured to say these things uh, in a way that you wouldn't be if it was just, you know, you and like someone else in an intimate setting. Like uh, I have definitely been hanging around with guys and I've said some things that I wouldn't say to uh, my friend Grace or anybody else that I talk to. You know, it's definitely uh, the testosterone in the air, shall we say. Um, definitely brings uh, some of these things out, but it's it's definitely not uh, the best conversation to have. Alex's dad had a big part in teaching him how to be a man and how to treat women. He has been married to my mom for probably something, 20-something years now. He, he's definitely a, a big influence on how I treat women. He's taught me that, you know, even though, you know, him and my mom, bicker sometimes it's only bickering they still go to bed or go to go to sleep in the same bed as each other so um he's taught me that like you know love is like a is a real thing basically you know and he he's definitely has been an influence on how i treat women i hope i have the relationship he has with my mother someday you know what alex said about his dad got me thinking about role models who do young men learn from who do they look up to For hundreds of young boys in Philadelphia, that person has been Steve Bandura. Steve's a coach and a local hero for his work with kids, which stretches far beyond sports. In addition to being a father of a teenage son and daughter, Steve has coached hundreds and hundreds of inner-city kids at the Marion Anderson Recreation Center in South Philadelphia. My producer Mitchell and I went there on the first beautiful day of spring to talk to Steve. He says he understands why boys brag about girls. He has done it and heard others doing it when he was a kid. Well, I mean, I, I, I grew up in northeast Philadelphia, which was a working class Irish Catholic neighborhood. And uh, I remember being like that. I mean, when, when you were a teenager, it's, it's, you know, did you get any? Did you, did you get some? You know, like, yeah, and it's like, you know, and you always lied. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, I lied about it. But what I found when I got here to South Philly, when you're looking at inner city African-American boys that I deal with, and girls are a whole other side of the story, but with the boys, it, they, it starts so much younger here with with the boys. Like when, when we were doing that at 16, 17, 18, the kids here are 12, 13, 14, and you know, they're already feeling that, pressure and I, I hate it when I see the way they treat the girls and I know where it comes from it comes from that false sense of you know manhood what a man is and, and it's reinforced in, 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 in the music it's reinforced in videos I hate to sound like one of those old people like it but it, it is why do you think boys feel the pressure to brag about their sexual proudness, their ability to attract females. You want to fit in. You want people to accept that. You want people to look at you and say, wow, look at him. He's, uh, he's this or he's that. And, and, you know, like our president does now, he just makes stuff up uh, to, make people, to make people feel that way about you. But, you know, you look in the mirror, you know, you know the truth. Um, it's just something that's always been there. I mean, guys are 
guys are generally dumb, especially teenagers. You know, they don't <laughs> they don't think things through. They don't you know really analyze what they're doing. So, how do you, as a father and a coach, deal with these boys? Like, what do you tell your son? Well, for the first thing I do is make sure he's around the right kids. Um, and that's really easy because he's been in my program since he was, could walk. And he's been with the same kids since then, too. So they don't act that way around each other at all. There's none of that false bravado and, you know, uh, acting, trying to look. So they're all on the right track. They, they, you know, it just hammered into them from day one. Like academics is so important and you show them why and you expose them to so many things. You give them an identity. You, you show them where they fit in in the world. Steve believes boys are just as vulnerable as girls. They may put on a facade, but deep down, they are insecure. In my opinion, all kids are the same. They have the same emotions. They go through the same insecurities. I mean, and it's a lot of it. I mean, most of it, I would say, stems from insecurity, like especially in the monologue, you know, very insecure. You want to believe that you're this, but you know down deep you, you don't know what you're doing. Do you, do you have any advice for parents of boys who are seeing their boys, you know, starting with a little swagger and I'm going to hit that, you know, hearing them talk to their friends in a way that might make them cringe. Do you have any advice for, for parents? First, I, I don't think a, a little bit of that is just natural for teenagers. You have to know teenagers are different. Um, you can't let it get out of hand. You, you need to teach them respect for women. It has to be taught. It has to be reinforced. It has, you have to model that behavior um, at home as parents. Um, it can't be do as I say, not as I do. Being a coach puts Steve in a position where he can help boys grow into men by modeling empathy and respect, even in stereotypical hyper-masculine spaces like a locker room. In fact... He teaches empathy right along with how to swing a bat or nail a basket. First of all, in our sports here, we teach empathy from day one. And empathy, people always confuse empathy with sympathy. Empathy is not sympathy. You know, empathy is valuable in sports to know, all right, what's that base runner thinking? Like I, I said one time, uh, when we were talking about empathy, we always try to figure out what's the other, what is, you, what is your opponent thinking right now? Get inside his head, because if we know what he's thinking, we can kind of take advantage of that and make it work for us. So when a coach yells at a kid, say, get a better lead off that base, my kids automatically know, well, that kid wants to impress his coach. He's going to take a really aggressive lead, and we're going to pick him off. So we're going to empathize with him and pick him off, all right? And then we, can, then we can sympathize with him as he's going back to the bench with his head down. When you realize that that opponent is just like you, um, you, don't have to, you, know, you don't have to smash his head in to win or to be seen as a better player, things like that. I mean, it's, it's hard to describe. But I see it in our guys all the time. They never get too high. They never get too low. They put it in, they have everything in perspective. And it just... You know, you have to teach it from day one. If it's not taught, the kids really, very few kids are going to get that on their own. And that's our show. Thanks to Alex Papatolis of Northeast Philly for a fun, powerful, and important monologue. Thanks for your insight and wisdom, Alex. And Steve Bandura 
of Marian Anderson Recreation Center in South Philly. Misunderstanding, Didn't Understand was performed by Delac Braithwaite. See you next time. Mouthful is produced by Lisa Nelson Haynes and Mitchell Bloom of Philadelphia Young Playwrights. PYP is an arts education nonprofit that taps the potential of young people and inspires learning through playwriting. And by NYU journalism professor Yvonne Laddie, who also edits Mouthful. Original music for Mouthful was created by Ill Dudes. To join the Ill movement, head over to illdudes.com. That's I L L D O O T S.com. For episode extras and more information, visit mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. That's mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at mouthfulphilly. Subscribe and review us now on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud to be sure you'll never miss a conversation. Mouthful is a production of Philadelphia Young Playwrights.